sunshine. For Columbus Day, highs will be in the mid-70s. Tonight, clear skies and a low near 50 degrees. Tomorrow for Tuesday, we've got sunshine. It will be breezy. The high will be 81. On Wednesday, clouds move in and a slight chance of a shower in the afternoon. A little cooler with a high of 77 and a slightly better chance of wet weather for Thursday afternoon. I'm Georgia meteorologist Laura Huckabee in the GNN Weather Center. And we now have 49 degrees at 97.5 Glory FM, your radio station for North Georgia news, sports, and weather with the information you need for you and your family. And those positives again, North Georgia, 49 degrees, our studios in Gainesville, and time for Community Focus, our public affairs program. And this morning, we got a special guest in our studios live. Representative Lee Hawkins is joining us this morning to talk about legislative things this morning. Hey, Lee. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I am blessed. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Just a little bit slow after knee surgery, but uh, I'm getting around. I'm, I'm uh, getting better slowly. Uh, would you recommend it? Yeah. Uh, only if you need it. <laughs> it's, it's not like getting a haircut, I can tell you. <laughs> so how about the recovery process when it comes to having knee surgery? Uh, you know, the physical therapy part is it's a plus and minus. It, it uh, actually feels good, part of it. And then there's a minus, so some of it doesn't feel good. And then uh, I'm pretty sore that that afternoon and don't sleep much that night because it just really aches when I, especially when I lay down. You know, oh, bless your heart. So yeah. what's the prognosis? Uh, probably fair to middle sun, sunny and uh, <laughs> about 84 degrees. <laughs> uh, you know, it it takes. I'm seven weeks out, so um, they say I'm ahead of. of uh, normal as far as flexibility and movement i've got full movement just trying to get the swelling down still i had a lot of swelling so in the idea you were telling me is that you Mike, i couldn't walk anymore so you had to have the surgery yeah yeah i had a total tear of the meniscus i was at francis meadows watching my granddaughter swim and i had my right foot already turned into the to the bleachers there in that first step you know it's a pretty big one mm-hmm. and I, my, uh, my leg rolled just a little bit and all of a sudden my knee just went about 30 degrees oh my yeah and i fell on a guy and, and um, it was a total tear i'd had a buckle handle tear from high school and college sports so it was going to happen sometime and um, when it did they said they couldn't fix it and i went to three different orthopedic surgeons and wow. uh, yeah they said uh, we don't fix these and I said, you mean it's like a microwave? You just throw it away and put a new one in. When I'm laughing, I said, yeah, that's it. Well, so, uh, yeah. Well, Lee Hawkins is a retired dentist now right. here in the area. And your son's taking over your business, right? Your that's practice? right. That's right. He, he came out in, of school in 2006 uh, when I ran for the Senate. And that's how I could run for the Senate. It was he coming out of dental school and Casey Cagle decided to run for lieutenant governor, so I ran for Casey Seaton. And uh, Ben's been there ever since. He's a great dentist. Um, he's got a new new partner, new associate, Sims Griffith. Uh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Game, I don't know if you remember him. Yes, absolutely. High school, good, very good baseball player. Yes, and, absolutely. You know, and the family of golfers are all really good athletes and, and great great people. Well, Alfred uh, Griffiths were baseball players too, going to Furman, that yeah. kind of thing. You yeah. have a good memory, exactly. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, and he was uh, top in his class in clinical and dentistry, so he's very good. He's a very nice young man, very mature, and uh, he and Ben are just doing a great job. Super yeah. glad to hear that. Yeah. All right, so here's the first curveball for you. So you mentioned about running in the past. You're our current representative here right. in the uh, Northeast Hall District. You ready to re- announce you're going to be running again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to run again. I've, I'm not quite through. It's sort of like, 
one morning I went in to get my grandson up for a golf tournament. I said, Benny, come on, it's time to get up. He looked at me and said, Pops, I'm not through yet. <laughs> so um, I've still got I still got good years left in me where I think I can contribute, and I've still got a number of things that I'd like to see get uh, and I'd like to get done. Um, legislation is slow, you know, and that's a good thing. Prevents us from going off the wall there and, and coming up with some things that then we got to correct. It's it's harder to change laws than it is to to come up with good ones. I mean, it uh, it's possible, and we do it. We amend, pass legislation, but uh, it's a long way that uh, we have, to, I think, to come back with health care, especially to more of a free market type of health care, where the insurance companies don't tell you who you can go to and what they're going to pay and what they're not going to pay and what they're not going to pay for. You know, and the um, biggest thing right now, the insurance is the coding because mm-hmm. you could have like your knee all of a sudden, and one insurance company goes, "No, I'm not going to pay this." And it's one little thing different than the other, and it goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, and and they've come up with all kinds of uh, new things like uh, group coding and GPRs. So they, uh, especially when you go on the hospital and they do this, this, and this, may may do a couple of different procedures while you're there, and they'll just couple everything together and throw and pay one base fee. They did that during COVID, and they uh, their uh, payment actually covered I think seven days in the hospital, and if you were in there three weeks, the last two uh, weeks were were on the hospital. Hospital had to cover that. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I had a discussion with the CEO of United Healthcare last Friday. We had a conference call about this contract dispute they have with North Georgia Medical Center, and um, I've got some legislation coming up on that. And even if they go, if they agree tomorrow, that that piece of legislation is going to be introduced. And it's going to give people the ability to actually go into open enrollment with another insurance company of their choice. Uh, actually, let me take that back. That's, what I, that's where I was going. But we've um, figured out maybe even a better way. And the insurance companies are not pushing back on this so hard. It says in their contract for state health benefit, which are teachers and whoever works for the state, it will have in there that they will remain in contract until the end of the calendar year for the con- contract, state contract. So no matter what the hospital or or the doc or the hospital and the insurance contract, whatever those dates are, it doesn't matter. In other words, Northeast Georgia went out of contract, in-network contract with United Healthcare on May the 1st. So that means after May the 1st, if you want to go to Northeast Georgia Medical Center, you're going to go as an outpatient, I mean out-of-network patient. A lot more expensive. If you're going to use the North Georgia Physicians Network, the docs who are in the private offices but are affiliated with North North Georgia, you'll be out-of-network with them also. So what that does is it makes our folks, 12 to 14,000 state health benefit people, in Northeast Georgia, they now have to drive to Cumming or Lawrenceville. And, and, and like myself, luckily I've ha- had Anthem. You know, if I was going down to Lawrenceville twice a week for PT, that would be tough because my wife would have to drive me. Mm-hmm. And just think of people that, that are, you know, late 70s, early 80s, uh-huh. and their partner gets sick. We tend to get, you know, thing, more things happen as we age. And they're going up and down the road. And forced to do that while they're still paying United Healthcare for their insurance, and when they when they uh, opted up into that contract, 
United Healthcare was in network with Northeast Georgia. So it's going to solve that problem. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the legislation. First off, uh, yeah. the question is, you say that a contract for a state employee, for example, is calendar year January to, to January rather than like July to July? Yeah, well, it, yeah, the state, we go into open enrollment, <coughs> excuse me, usually in October sometime, and mm -hmm. it ends in November the 15th. Right. But that's not the date that the new policy takes effect. It's January 1. Northeast Georgia, uh, or North Georgia Medical Center, a lot of us still call it Northeast Georgia. Yeah, well, what, what is it now? Because I've heard both. I've heard, I've heard <laughs> both, both press yeah. releases. It's the same. It's okay. the same. And you got uh, North Georgia Medical Systems, which incorporates everything. You know, it's it's all the affiliated hospitals. It's it's the the physician groups. It, it's everything. So uh, just focusing on the hospital um, with, with that one entity, mm -hmm. um you know, it makes a big difference. We've had physicians that are in network at North George Medical Center, and but out of network down at Brasselton. Now, Brasselton Hospital is a southern campus of right. North George Medical Center. It was built by the medical center. And the insurance companies have the audacity to say, no, that's a different hospital. We're not going to pay you those fees. We won't pay you a lesser fee. Uh -huh. And so they've been paying lesser fees to other hospitals like Habersham, who struggled, you know, to stay open and eventually had to close. Um, Which is part of the Northeast Georgia Health System yes, now. Yes, yes, uh-huh. Yeah, the Habersham Hospital Authority folded, closed down mm -hmm. in Northeast Georgia, went in and, and, and took the management of that hospital over and brought it in as an affiliate. And mm -hmm. we have those in Dahlonega and some other places. Too. Right. Yeah. All right, so tell me about the legislation. What you're going to be proposing specifically for the listeners starting in January? Well, one thing I think you'd be interested in, most people are, is the um, cap on property tax assessments. You know, right now I've heard from so many people about how their property assessment on their property went up 40%, 60%. Mm -hmm. I had one guy tell me 80-something percent. And I'm having dinner one night, and this really nice lady, and I'm not going to use her name, but um, she's probably in her 80s now, um, home places in Claremont, the tax assessment went up, so her taxes were going to be greater than what she charged rent for. And here, this poor lady's trying to decide whether to sell the old home, you know, mm -hmm. small old home, because of taxes. Mm -hmm. Our forefathers never anticipated us getting to a system where we have homestead exemption, which means we're going to exempt your home. You know, we've broken that promise through you know, over the over the last 40, 50 years. So what this will do is it will cap the assessment at no more than 3% annually. Wow. It can go up 40% and 50%. It'll cap it at 3%. And that way provides much more stability and much more reliability for those, especially that are retired or even the young people coming out. And, you know, just being able to afford the house payments and the insurance and, and the taxes when they buy the home to see their taxes go up where now they're they're really scraping. You know, and, and as food prices go up and gasoline prices, folks need a break. You know, it's just time for, for people that work hard, they deserve a break. And so um, this is going to be a good break for them. Right, so what kind of pushback are you getting from the different counties, for example? You know, well, this will be local legislation. We actually have 36 municipal and county uh, groups that already have uh, a floating homestead exemption. This is term legally a floating homestead exemption uh like columbus theirs is frozen it doesn't go up until you sell it or you do an improvement 
like this one. Now, if you sell, it'll it, then the property will be appraised at the at whatever the appraisal price is going to be. In other words, that three percent falls off. Mm-hmm. Or if you do like a big addition to your home, that's going to change your property tax. Uh, but remember, this is just for homes. This is not investment. This is not business. This is for homeowners. But, you know, I, I've talked to the mayor. Um, I've talked to our, our commission chairman. I've talked to our superintendents. And, you know, they, they have not put up a fuss. Uh, they say, I understand. They look at me and say, I understand. So, you know, I, I congratulate them. And I, I tell you, we, we've got some good people running our local government, and especially our superintendents have done a wonderful job with our schools. Roger, you told me this when you <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> when you say local, then you're talking about just this particular yeah, yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. statewide bill just covering no, no, this area. No, no, no. This will be local legislation. Okay. Because, like I said, there are other uh, types of floating homestead exemption throughout the state. Mm-hmm. Just like the state law says, there's two thousand dollar homestead exemption, but you can change that locally. There, there are places around Georgia, communities in Georgia, that have more than a two thousand dollar homestead exemption. And that's something that Hall County's never changed. You know, that's something we could look at, at to the future. And people say, too, it's not automatic, is it? You have to apply for it, That's right? exactly right. And, and no, why? Good point. Huh? And why? Because they don't know where you are. I mean, you got to tell them, I'm Mike Wofford. I'm living at 202 Main Street. Right. This is my home. And, and uh, you know, I don't have a – this is my primary residence. I may have a fishing cabin that's a lean-to uh, somewhere in Hall County or, or a little – barn you know on mm-hmm. t- 10 acres of land but this is my home and then you get the homestead exemption remember our forefathers decided they went from poll taxes and all that to a property tax and when they did they thought well we're not going to tax you out of your home that's a non-incoming non-income producing entity okay mm-hmm. georgia back then as as we are now or mainly farms agriculture is still our number one business so they could take the tax lands that are producing, but they didn't want to tax you out of your home. Um, so, in the whole idea that you know, where you're at, North Hall County, for example, where I'm in South Hall County, is that though it's almost like you're being priced out of your property if you have acreage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you <clears> know, <throat> this is not Steve Watson's fault. This is not Dollar Eden's fault. This is just reality that people moving into Hall County. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are coming from up north, and they look at the price of our homes and land, and it is a bargain compared to where they came from. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to pay more than, you know, what we're used to. All right, so when you're talking about helping out the taxpayers, give me your opinions about what's going on with the, 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 the gas tax out right now. Oh, well, you know, the, the governor went, went ahead and took the gas tax off again, so we've got that gas tax relief. Um, and I do not know how long that's going to uh, that. That relief is going to continue. Uh, right now through November 11. Okay. But, you know, hopefully he will ex- extend that like he has before. But um, I, I don't know. You know, he's he keeps keeps those kind of cards close to his chest. I think they're going to, you know, watch the economy and see how things are going. Uh, so, the, so the average person like myself going, okay, then why do we need that gas tax? Because thankfully we got, I guess, so much money in reserves right now, we don't need it, right? Yeah. But I want to tell you what, I was there in 2008 in the Senate when we got down to $50 million. Uh That's what it cost to run the state for one day, and we got down to $50 million. Uh, I've I've seen it go up fast, and I've seen it go down fast, too. I mean, it's incredible, you know, when when the economy turns south, how quickly. 
we, we're committed to paying for all the government officials, uh, government entities, you know, our, our school systems, our law enforcement, the cost of prisons, uh, paying, paying the, on the bonds, large amount of money moving through this government, and it's increased over the years. You know, we've been giving uh, teachers salary increases, 2,000 again last year, and 4,000 for law enforcement. So we've got a pretty good hefty bill. Um, you're right, we are, we are cash flush right now. I sit on appropriations, and I want to tell you, the battle over the money is just like it was, you know, five, six years ago. We talk about every dollar in every department. So. Well, the great thing about Georgia is though we're on that balanced budget every year. Yes, and yes. You, you guys struggle sometimes to make it work. Absolutely, absolutely, and and we do that. You know, we, the governor uh, had a hundred what thirty nine disregards, and and um, a lot of those were in the budget. And I fought to to have some increases for Medicaid for the providers because Medicaid pays uh, pays hospitals eighty percent of cost. So hospital lose they, they lose twenty percent on Medicaid patients and. Physicians and dentists are probably about sixty percent of their normal fees, so that doesn't even that doesn't cover overhead. So, um, but that was a disregard, also. All right, our guest this morning on Community Focus is Representative Lee Hawkins, who is our representative from the Northeast Hall District into the North Metro Gainesville area. He'll be going into the General Assembly coming up in January, talking about bills and how it affects all of us here. When you talk about, for example, with United Healthcare and with the medical center here in Gainesville and maybe having to go to Northside in coming or, or in Lawrenceville. When we go come ahead, the question I ask you this is when we go come up and just uh, remove certificate of need when it comes to hospitals here in the state. Well, you know, that that's really a different subject. I, I'm on uh-huh. the on the study committee on CON and uh, we've had meetings in Albany and Augusta uh, in Atlanta and we were supposed to have one tomorrow and that's been postponed. So instead, I'm going to meet with the uh, folks and CEO of Northside Hospital down there and got some other meetings. But, um, you know. I mean, one side's right the other. We're going to see Northside and Northeast Georgia here in Gainesville, for example. Yeah. CON, the, the, the concept of CON is protect hospitals that see the, the, uh, the whole horizon of patients, Medicaid, Medicare, indigent versus a hospital that may be a for-profit and does not see that, that payer mix or that amount. Obviously, hospitals that see a lot of indigent care, uh, Medicaid, Medicare they break even on, but those two losers losing uh, uh, as far as income, uh, a revenue source for the hospital has to be made up. So it's made up on those that have insurance and, and, and pay for their hospital stays. Uh, if you do not see those patients, then obviously you can offer your services at a lower cost. That way you, you would eventually attract the, all the paying patients and leave those house, the other hospitals with the Medicaid and Medicare. That takes a hospital down. They, they close up. And we can ill afford to have large hospitals like North Georgia close up. Sure. Uh, you know, we have a, a pristine hospital up there with all types of advanced uh, uh, surgeries and, and, and medical treatments and radio-oncology. It is just one of the finest in the state. And you see the expansion going on, too. Yeah. Well, you know, when COVID hit, they didn't have beds hardly. I mean, they had, you know, they were putting three and four people in a room. And mm-hmm. uh, 
So, yeah, they're building for the future, but they have to because look at us. We're over 200,000 people in this county alone. Mm -hmm. And White County is growing uh, rapidly. All the counties in North Georgia, you know, population is really growing. So We see the new hospital being built on 400 there in Lumpkin County, part of the system. That's right. That's right. So, you know, um, but at the the same time, certificate of need needs to be modernized. Uh, We need to take off some of the limits, uh, the, the low limits on uh, equipment that require a certificate of need updating. So those kind of things we're looking at, it, it, that will help even some of the rural hospitals. How uh, is it in South Georgia now, Lee? Because we see, you know, it, if you have a, a hospital, for example, in good health care, you're going to spur the economy in, in that community, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, a lot of those hospitals have folded because, like I said, their Point. payer mix is, you know, uh, at these CON meetings, I've, we've heard from many of the hospitals, uh, large and small. And what what surprised me was the hospitals, middle and South Georgia, medium sized to small, their larger largest group of patients were Medicare patients. Uh, they break even pretty much on Medicare. Medicare's you know uh, um, a lot of intensive kind kind of, and chronic illness where they're, they're going to be coming back you know for more and more treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We're going to have some good things with CON. I look forward to, to making some of those changes, and I think it's going to improve the health care for Georgians because my focus is to make sure people have access to good quality care with and, and for them and their families and then go home and, and feel safe about their health care. Are there any of the bills you'll be sponsoring coming up in January? I'm sorry? Any of the bills you'll be sponsoring coming up in January? Yeah, I've got one that uh, I've been working with Lee Martin, Dr. Lee Martin, on the radiologist. And this is interesting. I've been down there, what, 17, 18 years now. And it's usually uh, the physicians or whoever it may be that's at the top of the educational chain that uh, actually operates and oversees whatever kind of medicine or, or health care. The radiologists are actually asking for this legislation, which allows the ra- uh, radiologist assistants to do more, do like more of the, the, the dye studies, and, and it will be done under the supervision of the radiologist, but things that they can do, and they will be trained to do it. It's not, you know, it'll be an additional degree for the uh, radi- radiology assistants. This is going to increase access to health care and reduce wait time, and it, it's a good le- piece of legislation. So um, I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I, I've got uh, some legislation still addressing the disabled in Georgia. You know, I did the ABLE Act years and years ago, and this bill that I'm pushing, um, I got through the Senate onto the floor. It got amended two years ago. Last year, didn't make it through rules. Um, I had some bills as chairman of health that I held in my committee that some of the leadership on the Senate side weren't real happy about, and I understand that. That's just part of it. But this bill allows the disabled to save in accounts in Georgia. The 529, uh, you know, the college savings account has its board. We want to fold the uh, the ABLE board into that, and, and right now our accounts are, are being uh, – actually being run out of Ohio that's where they're being administrated they'll be brought back home um, that 529 path to college board has been phenomenal their investment uh, record is unbelievable they're doing a great job so I want to get get the 
able in there. The money will be separated, but we'll be using the same board. It's going to really help the disabled, you know. There's a fine line, though, sometime between disabled and able, like myself. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, you know, um, you're 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 very able. I mean, I, I know I know you're challenged with with your eyesight, uh-huh. but people that know you don't even think about that because of the way you are, the way you act, and and the way you carry yourself through life. Well, thank God for disability. Yeah, but it's a disability, you know, and. Uh, for some folks, their disabilities slow them down more in life than you, and they need the help. You know, absolutely, they, they need special cars or whatever it may be. They want to go to college, and they need a little extra help going to college. So, all right, I know you get to constituents. You'll know how they get in touch with you. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Best thing to do is is, is call my office. What I've started doing, and, or email, okay, uh, at the Capitol. What I've started doing is keeping electronic files on all my different subjects, and so as I'm I do a lot of my own research on legislation. I keep an electronic file and, and build into that file, you know, letters, uh, 